0: What's up, folks? Welcome back. Whoop Podcast, big happy holidays to all of you listening to our year in review podcast. That's right. This is always a fun one. I'm your host, Will Ahmed, founder and CEO of Whoop, and we're on a mission to unlock human performance. I'm going to be joined by our SVP of data science and research, Emily Capitolupo, and we are going to break down 2023 year in review episode. And if you're a WHOOP member, make sure to go to the WHOOP app and check out your year in review. You can think of this as the Spotify wrapped of your health and fitness and all things WHOOP data. Emily and I are going to dive into some of the major product releases we had this year. The top activities are members logs, recovery modalities that people were using to stay in the green, sleep trends around the globe. And then some of the top superlatives from this year around sex, sleep, stress, alcohol, and more. Great one ahead for you. As a reminder, if you have a question, what's answered on the podcast, email us podcast at whoop.com. Call us 508-443-4952. Here is the 2023 Whoop Year in Review. Okay, Emily, we are live and we are in Our first recording uh, of the new Whoop podcast studio, which seems appropriate given that uh, we're going to recap the year, our year in review 2023 podcast. I think it's always one of our favorites.
1: Yeah, excited to be back and do this podcast with you
0: again. We're going to hit some of our banner moments throughout the year, and then we're going to do, I think, everyone's favorite deep dive on Whoop data. I'll start just by saying that I think this was a great year For Whoop as an organization, because we launched a lot of new features and we heard from the Whoop community that this was one of our best years ever from that standpoint, a total of 70 new releases in software, uh, data science, research, many things that are really enhancing the overall product. We often say that because Whoop is a membership, we feel this responsibility to be constantly innovating. Some of our uh, sort of banner new features or biggest releases included the stress monitor. So that was earlier in the year, followed shortly by the strength trainer, which now gives people muscular strain credit for weightlifting workouts, reps, exercises, weight counting. More recently, the Whoop Coach, which is our AI partnership with OpenAI, allowing you to communicate directly with Whoop. We came out with a notification center, behavior impacts, shortly you'll have the year in review and the Whoop app. Emily, what are some of your reflections on all the software we released this year?
1: Yeah, like you said, it was incredible to see how a lot of the foundational pieces that we had been building on in previous years got to manifest in really exciting experiences for our members with just one after the next, like banging out feature releases all year long. And, you know, you could see it in the team. They were so excited about what they were building and the value they were delivering to our members. And then uh, really incredible to see that feedback reflected back by our members. You know, they were you know in all of the surveys and different things that we do you know it was one of our, our happiest years for our members which you know ultimately is the thing that we're the most proud of just you know helping people unlock human performance and really understand their bodies and figuring out where some of those gaps were and then, you know, getting to kind of cash in on that work that we've been doing in some places for years where now these really exciting different features came out. So
0: what's been your favorite feature personally to use?
1: I was worried you were going to ask me that. It's like picking a favorite child. But I think that, you know, it's hard to pick anything other than Whoop Coach. I think that what Coach does that's so incredible is it takes all of the really complicatedness of Whoop and, you know, the, the deep science and it just lets you like abstract it all away and act as if you're talking to a real person, right? And so you don't have to worry about like, I don't like numbers. I don't like graphs. you know, Data scares me. That's okay. If you understand that data is important, just text with Whoop Coach as if you're texting with a real human talking to a friend and still get that same like super personalized, super actionable advice. And so just seeing that Whoop became so much more accessible. It's also incredible how a Whoop Coach can talk to you in many languages um, and things like that. And so just that level of accessibility feels like a real leap forward in terms of, uh, you know, our ability to help people.
0: Yeah. And if you're listening to this and you haven't tried the Whoop Coach, I would just encourage you to go into the app and ask it any question. How could I improve my HRV? How does my data compare to people like me? You know, when should I be going to bed? Just start trying to talk to it and uh i think you'll be impressed by what it throws back i think for me my favorite feature has been the strength trainer because now i've got my personal trainer on it and he's sending me workouts through it and i'm able to do workouts anywhere in the in the world and whoops keeping track of all of it and my and now i'm getting a lot more credit which matters to me to be able to have higher strain scores when i do weightlifting anyway it's been pretty terrific okay transitioning here It's also a big year for growth. We introduced free trials, which is pretty exciting for folks who aren't familiar with that. You can literally sign up for Whoop for free for 30 days. Uh, We added some great new members to our team. We've got a new CFO, Mitch Chandley, joining us from Fanatics and Nike. We've got Ed Baker joining us as our chief growth officer. He comes from uh, Uber and Facebook, founded AnyQuestion. Uh, so it's been, it's been a pretty amazing year, and we moved into our new headquarters here in uh, One Kenmore. We're recording this out of the podcast studio in our new headquarters. If you're interested to know what our headquarters looks like, I, I posted a drone video on my social media uh, that's at Will Ahmed, and you can see a full-blown tour of our uh, Whoop HQ. All right. With that, I think we're going to transition to diving into the data. So this is looking at de-identified data across the entire Whoop community, and we're going to give you a sense for some trends. All right, why don't we start with the theme of strain and activities? Let's talk about what activities we saw increase in popularity from 2022 to 2023.
1: Yeah, it was really interesting to look at this list because there's two things that get mushed when you look at the activities that have increased on WHOOP. One is Actually, what activities have become more popular? And we're definitely seeing um, kind of breakout favorites from a couple of years ago, like pickleball continue to become uh, more and more popular. Uh, It's an 85% increase in pickleballing on Whoop, which is huge. But then the other thing that you also see is that as activities are changing on Whoop, that's a reflection of our changing demographics. And as Whoop becomes more international, we get a lot of data on sports that we didn't used to see all that often. You know, great examples of that are things like Gaelic football.
0: Gaelic football, the third highest trending activity with an 88% increase on whoop from last year.
1: And then, you know, number two was, I'm going to say this wrong, hurling (laughs)
0: emoji. Can we get a fact check on that? Hurling emoji. Did we say that right? So that's number two, 110% increase. I love number one.
1: Yeah, so this one I think is an example not of the change in demographics, but actually a change in popularity. So the number one increased activity with an increase of 183% is taking an ice bath, which we know is such a powerful recovery tool, uh, but kind of unpleasant um, and maybe a little daunting to get into. And so, you know, we I think it takes takes a lot for somebody to say I'm going to try this thing, but I think that you know, what we've seen is that once you give it a try, you realize it's a really powerful recovery modality. And,
0: and it does have an addictive quality to it, which is why I'm also not surprised to see it increase so much, mm-hmm. because I think people who started trying it probably got hooked on it. And number 10, commuting, that's up 26%. That feels like maybe a bit of the, the COVID hangover.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the post-COVID, right? That people had been working from home. And we've seen, at least across the US, a big Uh, rollback of those work-from-home policies, lots of companies calling their teams back into the office. So people are commuting a lot more. And I think the other thing that's coupled into that is not just that people are commuting more, but because we spent all that time at home, there's an increased awareness that commuting is really tough on your body. Stressful, it's time consuming. And so I think it's not just happening a lot more, but people are really interested in tracking it and optimizing it. There's a lot of commuting hacking. Point. So I think that it's both happening more and people are really interested in the whoop data. We've seen that especially with Stress Monitor. A lot of the anecdotal feedback I've gotten around our Stress Monitor release is that people had no idea how stressful. And like tense they were on their commutes and like they would show me, you know, come into the office and show me their stress monitor and be like, you could see that I sat in traffic, look at my stress monitors through the roof. And, you know, I think that's one of the things that's so powerful about the stress monitor feature that you could start to get this appreciation for things that like while you're doing, you're maybe not paying attention to. And then you can start to action that, right? Like a lot of people were telling me that they're doing like breathing exercises while sitting in the car and stuff like that and trying to bring their stress down.
0: We've got cricket as our eighth most trending activity, up 32% year over year. This may be the international side of things as well. You know, we haven't even formally launched in India, but I got a bunch of messages because Virat Kohli, who apparently is like the Michael Jordan of cricket, shout out Virat, if you're you're listening to this, thank you for wearing Whoop. But I have noticed a lot of uh, an uptick in interest from India in part because I think of him. And that probably speaks to the growth in cricket.
1: Yeah, and I think even sports like soccer that are popular here—you know, that's our number six sport—it's up thirty-seven percent, and that's probably also reflecting a lot of that international growth. They call it football out there. But.
0: And then at, at five, we've got rucking up forty-nine percent. This to me feels like a shift in popularity, like thematically. I've I've heard it just a lot more uh, this year than in years past.
1: Yeah, I think people are realizing that it's just such a great workout, right? The value of adding load, even if then you're doing something relatively low intensity, like walking. And and so I think there's an appreciation for what a lifespan and healthspan extending activity this
0: can be. Looking at just our top 10 activities on WUK. So these are the activities most logged. In reverse order, we've got 10 is yoga, then spin, then hit then box fitness, then golf, cycling at 5, functional fitness 4, weightlifting 3. Number 2 is running and number 1 most logged activity on Whoop is in fact walking. Anything on that list surprise you or or it's order?
1: No, I think that list makes a lot of sense to me and I think that probably somewhat new to that list is walking, which you know, I think it probably always was number 1, but people weren't
0: logging it. it as much yeah yeah
1: and so I think it it feels like it's taken its rightful place finally. Yeah. that's never been really on our top five or top 10 list. and again, I think it reflects this new appreciation for this is you know something that's physiologically relevant and that people want to track and want to understand what it's doing to their body and that like that time spent in those zone two activities so you know sort of elevated but still, relatively low intensity activities are so, so important. And I think that broadly we've seen an increased appreciation for that as a recovery modality and just as a good practice. And so seeing a lot more people log it, it feels like that this list is is more correct than maybe it's been in previous years.
0: This was a cool list. So this is now looking at activities by country relative to the world average. So essentially what activities are very specific to a country And India logs badminton, 133% more than anywhere else. Egypt has squash, shout out Egypt. Canada ice hockey, Portugal soccer, the Philippines basketball, Poland ice skating, Kuwait stairmaster, interesting. Puerto Rico baseball, Portugal surfing, Denmark commuting, Russia swimming, and Qatar paddle. How about that? So those are sports or activities that are extremely common to a specific country. All right. Editor's note, it was hurling komoji as the second highest trending activity uh, on Whoop. This is an interesting list, Emily. Uh, So it's looking at the highest average frequency per week. And number one, meditation. I was excited to see that.
1: Yeah. Again, that feels like something that there's just... Every year it's climbing up on our list and it feels daunting. I think it's hard to learn to meditate and sometimes it's like the first couple times you do it, you're not really sure if you're doing it right or if you're doing anything and people who give it a chance really get addicted and we're seeing people more willing to give it a chance. I think you have these wonderful apps like Headspace and Calm that make it more accessible than it's ever been. I think people are more focused on doing things self-care and things that are good for them than they ever have been we definitely saw that alongside the covid pandemic there was a mental health pandemic and so people need these kinds of you know tricks and modalities and it's amazing to see people taking advantage of them because what's so wonderful about these things that we're seeing really popular is one they're extremely effective but two they're really accessible like you can do that for free from anywhere you know it doesn't require any fancy equipment or anything like that and so I think sometimes people get Daunted by, you know, how am I going to do these different things? And just being reminded that there's really, really effective, easy, um, and accessible things is comforting,
0: powerful. For those of you who use Strength Trainer like I do, here are the top five exercises logged on Strength Trainer. So starting at number five, pull ups. That makes sense. Four bicep curls, dumbbells. Three bench press. Two. We've got the rope tricep pushdown pulling machine, okay? And then number one, lateral raise dumbbells. So my takeaway from that list is a lot of people on WHOOP are skipping leg day. Where, where is the squat? Where is the deadlift?
1: Yeah, it's funny. Definitely a skipping leg day trend. I think also an interesting trend around things that don't require a ton of fancy equipment people are figuring out how to probably do a lot of this from home with relatively little equipment. But yeah, never skip leg day.
0: The top three questions asked of the Whoop Coach. How can I improve my HRV? How does my sleep quality compare to others like me? How can I improve my sleep quality? Okay, let's transition to recovery. Everyone loves their recovery score. And it does seem like people had an increased focus on recovery this year.
1: Yeah, excited to see that trend. An increased focus on recovery, an increased focus on recovery modalities, definitely an increased focus on reducing sort of recovery harmful activities. Like we saw a decrease in alcohol consumption and an increase in focus on circadian health behaviors different things like that. And so I think there's something really powerful about realizing that your recovery score isn't random, right? And that you have a lot of these things in control. And, and I wonder how much of that we can attribute to our behavior impacts feature that launched. And that like when we really spell it out for you and make it super easy and accessible in your app to see when you do these activities, here's what happens. It becomes kind of hard to keep doing things that are harmful and really easy to keep doing the things that are helpful.
0: So WHOOP members logged alcohol in their journals at a frequency of 29%. That's down 8% from 2022. It's down 10% from 2021. So uh, we are seeing a general decline in alcohol consumption on WHOOP. A drink of alcohol typically decreases a member's recovery score by 4%. So And that's for each drink. So you know you have three drinks, all of a sudden you're off by twelve percent potentially.
1: Yeah, and I think there's two things behind that. One is that you know with the behavior impacts feature, it's in your face, it's undeniable. That's you know, really dramatic. You know, four percent for just one drink. I think a lot of people think of the first two or two drinks or so as being kind of harmless or free, um, and the data just shows that that's not true. But then I think the other thing that's really interesting is that at least in the Northeast. I've seen a big trend towards less drinking broadly and a lot of spaces making it more like accessible to not drink or things like that. Like there are cocktail bars that are opening up all over New York City that have only non-alcoholic cocktails. You know, Boston just had a quote unquote liquor store open where it's all zero proof alcohol. And I think it, it's interesting to see that I think the world is catching on and it's easier than it's ever been to be sober or alcohol free. And so I think it's this mix of people are seeing it in their data and, and really you're kind of forced to come to terms with the fact that this is not good for us and then sort of the world making it easier than it's ever been. Hopefully that trend continues.
0: Let's talk about the recovery trends. Highest recovery day of the week is Monday. Average recovery score of 63%. I guess that that makes sense. People sleeping in maybe or going to bed early on Sunday.
1: It's the cashing in, right? You got like Saturday, you're still recovering from the week, right? Sunday, you're recovering. And so it's your peak recovery going into the work week because you've just gotten two days of restoration.
0: The best and worst recovery date of the year are actually followed by one another. Let's see if people listening to this can come up with this for themselves. What day do you think is the worst recovery day of the year? And then immediately following, on average, the best recovery day okay going once going twice that is worst recovery date january 1st new year's day 2023 and then interestingly the highest recovery date was then the second to follow why why the second one
1: <laughs> well i think you know after staying up late probably drinking too much champagne yeah. on new year's eve you you get people hung over but typically the first you have the day off you're probably Going to sleep in, rest, spend time with family. All of those things are really good for you. And so you're sort of set up very nicely to just kind of relax, recover, just all the feel goodness of time with family and friends and all of those good things. And so we see uh, that increase in sleep as people make up for the, the late night, the night before. Um, I think it's one of our best sleep nights too. Yeah, so that those makes sense. Are very much
0: related. Okay, how about our top three countries by recovery? So this is looking at the average recovery of. A country coming in at number three, Norway with a 61% average, the Netherlands with a 62% average, and Finland with a slightly higher 62%. Okay, we're going to do journal entries with best and worst recovery. Okay, so we're going to start with the best, the things that are helping recovery the most. I've got here blue light blocking glasses, mouth tape, hydration. Shared bed, on average, is quite positive. Daylight eating, consistent bedtime's a big one. Melatonin's a big one. Uh, and we're starting to track towards some of our highest. Reading in bed has a very positive effect on recovery. And then the number one, not that surprising, sleep performance, on average, is increasing recovery by 11 to 16% when it's over a certain level. So there you have it. Anything anything to reflect on? It's just
1: really highlighting the relationship between sleep and recovery. Yeah, and right. if you invest in sleeping well, that's probably the best thing you can do to boost your recovery. It's a lot of your recovery score is made in the bed.
0: Okay. The negatives, uh, a familiar headline here of alcohol, on average, a negative... 12 to 17% from alcohol. A high strain day, that makes sense. Fever, obviously, if you're sick, that's going to hurt your recovery. Sleeping at altitude, that's that's a killer on, on WHOOP. Being sick, spending considerable time in the high stress zone. Interestingly, taking ADHD medication. Night shift, late meal, tobacco use, And then marijuana is on this list, although it's worth saying it's got a pretty wide variance. So on average, it's minus 2%, but it could be as much as negative 6% for your recovery or plus 2% for the recovery. What do we make of this list?
1: Yeah, not super surprising. And I think some of the places where you're seeing those high variances, it depends a little bit with some of these things, how you're using them, of course, like not all marijuana is the same thing. Like some of it is more like if people are taking it to sleep, we do know that it does help you fall asleep and stay asleep longer. Um, But if you're doing it like socially, it might be associated with staying a plate with friends. And so you're getting that effect. I think for the most part, you know, when people are using different substances and things like that, especially ones that their body's not used to, it makes sense that it's going to
0: disrupt sleep most of these have some form of stimulant or some of them have some form of stimulant, like ADHD medication, often a stimulant, tobacco stimulant.
1: Right. And I think, you know, you have to keep in mind that the way a lot of this data is created is we're looking at people like with tobacco, it's like when they smoke versus when they don't. And so almost by definition, we're looking at people who aren't, you know, Daily smokers. And so, a lot of times, people who smoke infrequently, it's like they're smoking who go with friends. So, they're up late, they're doing something, or, you know, there's a lot of people who only smoke when they drink. So, these things get correlated, and you're starting to see what's coming in is like, what are these other activities they're doing? What's that correlated with? And sometimes it's the broader picture that drives these trends and not necessarily the specific thing. Although, certainly, if you're not used to it, you know, all of a sudden you fill your body with poison, you get kind of in this active state. Of not just the stimulant, but also kind of dealing with all of the crud in your lungs and all of that kind of stuff. And so, you know, you're not going to feel great. You're going to be aware of like not smelling great, not being clean, like all of those kinds of different things that disrupt sleep.
0: We saw an uptick in some journal behaviors. This was an interesting one, creatine, 41% increase in creatine.
1: I was really surprised by that one because creatine has been around forever. Um, It's one of the best studied uh, workout supplements, way better than like whey or casein or the other kind of common proteins. Um, It's safe, super available. I don't have an explanation for why it rocketed up this year. It feels like something that's been popular for a long time. To be honest, I was wondering if the release of Strength Trainer – I was encouraging people to do more strength training or bringing more people onto Whoop who strength train. And so what we're seeing in the increase is people shifting the way they're exercising. And if you're doing more strength training, you might want more of those kind of protein supplements, but I didn't have any other explanation for that.
0: I don't have another explanation other than that that, that was the case for me too, personally. Like this is the first year I started taking creatine and I was thinking about how I got turned on to it and why now and I do think there's a little bit more of just like a general awareness of the benefits of creatine. For what it's worth, I've actually really enjoyed taking it. I take five to 10 grams a, a day and I find uh, it improves your, your uh, muscle recovery considerably.
1: Oh, yeah. And there's great like peer-reviewed research that shows that it's effective and you know, it's well studied. So it was interesting right. to see like why this year, because I don't know. I mean, I don't have this data, but I don't know if like nationally or globally creatine sales are up. Because I don't know that there was something like a big new breakthrough or anything like that uh, surrounding creatine. We've
0: touched on this a little bit earlier, but just a massive uptick in hot, cold therapy, Mm -hmm. right? Saunas up 37%, steam rooms up 35%, ice bath 34% increase. Again, it feels like more and more people are recognizing the benefits of it. It may also just be that the population gravitates to these things as they become more popular.
1: Yeah, it's really interesting, and it would be interesting for us to like survey our members and ask them why they've done these things, and you know what turned them on to it. Uh, you know, none of those things I would say are particularly new; uh, they've been around for a really long time. Um, but you know, definitely super effective, and one of the wonderful things about them is, with pretty rare exceptions, they're known to be quite safe. And so, for people who, and maybe this is the trend we're seeing, right? It's like people don't want to put drugs and things in their bodies. And so hot-cold therapy, which has been shown to be really effective, is a nice drug-free alternative to re- recovery modalities.
0: One more on uh, on drinking. So Ireland, on nights when people drink, on average, four drinks. That's the highest we've got. To put that in comparison, the U.S. is at 2.7 drinks and Germany, 2.7 Australia is coming in second at 3.3 drinks. So this is on average, one people drink in a night. How many drinks do they have? Anyway, I think that Ireland kind of lived up to its reputation, lived up to its reputation there. Well, this is an interesting graph that we've got here. So this is looking at uh, alcohol trends by age. And what we see is as you get older your drinking becomes more regular or more frequent, but the number of drinks declines. So we're seeing the 20-year-olds on Whoop drinking less frequently, but drinking a lot. And then, you know, we're seeing the 50 and 60-year-olds drinking often, but they've got their drink count down to, you know, under two drinks or so.
1: Yeah. And I think that like tracks with my general understanding of people, right? I think Older people are more likely to you have a scotch or a beer with dinner or whatever glass of wine and just stop at one. I think younger people are more likely to have their sort of weekend social life revolve around drinking and then drink a lot. As you get older, those heavy drinking nights also seem to punish you a lot more, so they kind of naturally weed themselves out. But you probably higher disposable income and different things are going to mean that you're going to have wine or whatever at home. So I think. I think that tracks.
0: Okay. Why don't we look here at data on sex across the whoop population? So our top five states for reporting sex. interesting list here. Number five, Nevada, on average, 1.2 times per week. Idaho, 1.2 times per week, Alabama. Uh, 1.3 times per week, Oklahoma, 1.3 times per week, and then Utah, 1.4 times per week having sex. What's your take there?
1: Good for Utah.
0: Utah winning. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And then I guess the most popular country uh, for for sex is the U.S., on average, just over once a week.
1: Yeah, and I think... You know, it's hard to know really what to make of this data, right? Like, how much of this is reflecting, you know, difference in age demographics that we have in different countries, different things like that. Just kind of a fun, silly little list.
0: The country reporting uh, the highest levels of masturbation is Ireland, 2.4 times per week. Congratulations to Ireland.
1: So they drink the most, but then I guess they go home alone.
0: (laughs) That That might be the correlation. Okay, let's look at stress. So days of the week that we see the longest time in the lowest stress zone. So going in reverse chronicle order, so this is the least stressful day, is Monday, followed by Tuesday, followed by Wednesday, followed by Thursday, then Sunday. Then Friday and then Saturday, folks, is your least stressful day. I don't know if you needed whoop to tell you that, but that that's what the data shows. It is interesting how you know just the start of the week, boom, highest stress, and then like slowly declines over the course of the week.
1: Yeah, and I don't know if that's the effect of like cumulative sleep deprivation. We definitely see in our data that people. Get less sleep, you know, Monday to Friday, and then they make up for it on the weekend. And so as you go through your week, Monday to Friday, you're becoming increasingly sleep deprived, which you then make up for. And so are we seeing that couple in? Are we seeing like work stress accumulate, the stress of commuting that we talked about earlier compounding? So uh, it would be interesting to understand what was driving that. Um, Not super surprising that it just trends with the week.
0: Interestingly, the average time spent in low stress seems to increase pretty directly with age. So, you know, folks in their 50s and 60s are having, you know, much lower stress. And uh, folks in their 20s and 30s and 40s seem to be uh, steadily climbing with stress. So essentially, your life is going to get less stressful, according to Whoop. 20-year-olds, you you all are spending the most time uh, being in higher stress zones followed by 30-year-olds followed by 40-year-olds. And then it kind of plateaus out and 50s and 60s seem to be similarly stressful to to being in your 40s.
1: And that also feels like it just tracks with common sense. Like I feel like I see you know, older people, even just if you take, you know, our work environment, like when something's going wrong, you just have that wisdom of experience to be like, you know, don't freak out. We got this versus like the young new people tend to be, you know, respond more intensely uh, to the same thing. And so as you get, you know, more reps under your belt and, you know, get comfortable with different things or just wisdom with age, I think it's harder to activate people. They tend to be more even keeled. And then there's probably also an element of like, not having young kids around or <laughs> different things like that.
0: All right. Well, I think we covered a lot of ground here. Good to see the WOOP community making some strides, some new <laughs> uh, recovery modalities, obviously. Uh, but overall, it's been a great year. Uh, Emily, thanks, for thanks so much for having me. Big thanks to Emily for joining me on the show. Massive thank you to all of our WOOP members around the world. If you enjoyed this episode of The Whoop Podcast, please subscribe to The Whoop Podcast, leave a rating or review. You can check us out on social at whoop, at Will Ahmed. If you have a question or want to answered on the podcast, email us, podcast at whoop.com. Call us, 508-443-4952. If you're thinking about joining Whoop, you can sign up for a free trial. That's right. That is whoop.com, and you get the full Whoop experience for free for 30 days. And that's a wrap, folks. Thank you all for listening. Catch you next week on the Whoop podcast. Happy, happy holidays. Stay healthy and stay in the green.